stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Join us over the next 60 minutes as we recap last week's matchups, preview the upcoming games, make predictions, and much more. Here's your host. Welcome inside Conference USA. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, and Ben Cower here with you on this Monday evening. It's tournament week. That is why we are talking to you on a Monday, because by Wednesday, Conference USA 2022 men's basketball tournament is going to be underway, Justin. How about that? Yeah, it gets underway. This is the magical week of the year. Everyone's down at Jerry World, getting ready to have a good time. You know, this, you know, for, for a lot of teams, you, know, you have a chance to go to March Madness. You know, you know, your goal at the beginning of the year is to win your conference tournament, get a chance to March Madness. This is the week that it can happen. You know, if you're a team, this is the week that all your dreams can come true. So let's let's map out the show here over the next hour. Uh, we'll, we'll start by recapping the final week of the regular season, and then Conference USA postseason awards were announced earlier today, this afternoon. So we'll, we'll give you those and give our thoughts on that, and then we'll spend the last thirty minutes discussing and breaking down our brackets. We got our we've got our brackets here. We're gonna fill them out. Justin and Ben and I will fill out our brackets and preview some interesting matchups in next week's or in this week's conference tournament. Okay, Wednesday, Western Kentucky beat Marshall. It was the first of two games between these two teams. Western Kentucky wins both of them, but wins the Wednesday matchup here in Huntington, 86 to 72. It was an offensive game, obviously noting by the score, but how about the performances from Cameron Justice and Davion McKnight? Those two guys combined for 50 points and made a total of 23 field goals on 26 shots. Those guys, or excuse me, on 36 shots. Those guys were impressive. They combined to shoot well over 50%. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought we talked about it, you know, Wednesday night, Andrew. I thought Western played extremely well for. For a big game for them, you know they were, you know they they were in opposition. Marshall's seating was already done Wednesday night. Western Kentucky seating still had a chance to improve. So I, I, I'll just say this: I think they Western Kentucky. I thought they played well. I think they played like a team they had a lot to prove. They were in opposition. They they couldn't really go up too much in the seating, but they couldn't. They could also go down, and they played like a team that they wanted to keep seating. They played great. Couple great performances. Uh, Sharp, I thought played phenomenal. The seven foot five big guy, thought played phenomenally well. And this is a Western team. Is I think we'll talk about late throughout the week. I, throughout the show, I think they're a team that's primed to make a March run. They're kind of in a very unfortunate situation on the bracket, but I think if they can get past their first game, I think you could. They, they kind of got a tough road to to the championship. It's not very easy for the Hilltoppers. Yeah, again, we'll map out that kind of road, but just discussing these two games as a whole, uh, Marshall defensively struggled, I thought, here in this game. They allowed Cameron Justice and some of these other guys to get going early, and that put Marshall in a hole off uh, in terms of having to make a comeback against what was a, a cooking offense and a high-powered offense. Second game between these two teams on Saturday, much better defense for Marshall, even though it only gives up eight less points. Uh, I just think that as this game played out, it it seemed as if this team 
just had a different edge, I think, in this second game. Marcos Renitz hit six threes in this game to allow Marshall to stay with it. Kinsey didn't play very well. Uh, Andrew Taylor, both of those guys didn't shoot well, and you would think that this team would struggle when those two guys don't shoot it and score or pass efficiently, yet they did. They had some success. They kept it close and really battled with Western Kentucky. So I think it showed the grit of this team, and they're still a team that could be uh, an issue when it comes to uh, this tournament this week. So I think I like the turnaround. Obviously, Western gets both of these games, but a better response from Marshall having to go on the road to a team you just lost at home to on your senior night by 14 to battle. Keep this one within single digits. It shows a lot about this team's fight and not want, not uh, wanting to uh, give up and kind of just give in to what's already happened once and give it happen, let it happen again a second time. Yeah, I think you talk about it. I think for Marshall in Western Kentucky, it's all about momentum. I think, you know, you look at, you look at it now. I mean, Western's going to have the momentum, but... You know, Marshall's going to have, I think, a lot more of a positive momentum because they got to get right back at it. They don't really have that much of a break to kind of relax and rest on their laurels. So, you know, it's it's the tournament. Anything can happen, but I think Marshall's got Marshall's going to have to play good tomorrow night. La Tech beat Old Dominion on Wednesday night, 67-54. to Old Dominion had the lead at the half in Ruston, but it was the... Bulldogs coming away with a good second-half performance led by Kobe Williams, who scored 19. Archibald also in the backcourt there, pitched in with 18 points to help get La Tech the victory in this game. Justin, thoughts there? Well, I think you talk about uh, Old Dominion. You know, I think they kind of had a, they've kind of been up and down all year. La Tech, I think, has been dominant. I think the big thing we focused on is the second half and how good are they in the second half of ball games. I think they really they get on they kind of can struggle in the first half, but they're one of the few teams, Andrew, that I know that when they get to the second half, they can really start propelling a lot better, and and they're kind of they did that here once again in this ball game. That same tendency that we talked about all year, 25 in the first half, down by two, but 42 to pull away. That's going to be very key for them in the tournament. It's just you know they they got into a very they were in a close game on Wednesday night at halftime. I don't think they're going to have that luxury this week when they're down there. They they're going to actually have to play a consistent 40 minutes. So what LaTeX really concerns me. I want to move on to this Middle Charlotte game oh, here for specific ben, reasons. He's very happy. I right? called that Middle was going to get swept this week, and it did. Lost both games. Lost his first one to Charlotte, and again, it was an easy pick. It was an easy pick because Middle Tennessee State had the East Division locked up. What were they going to play for? No. They had. I understand they obviously want to continue win games and that sort of thing, but they had nothing to play for. They were the one seed in the East. They just were c- celebrating on their home floor. You knew they were going to come out and, and not play as well against Charlotte, and they didn't. Only scored 56 points. Even this, even though this was a close game, this wasn't up to par for what Middle Tennessee State has been able to do throughout the season. Only forced nine Charlotte turno- turnovers. <clears throat> that was something that middle defensively has done a good job of is defensively causing havoc, forcing turnovers didn't do that in this game, allowed Jameer Young to kind of dictate the pace of this game 11 rebounds, only 3 assists but he scored 16 points and not too many guys made shots for Charlotte but they did enough on both ends to get it done so this was an easy one guys, I know know it may not seem that way when you get the 1 seed going up against maybe a, a 4 seed when it comes down to the standings, but this was a good win for Charlotte and a, and a needed one in terms of where they stood at the standings at the time. Do you have an acceptance speech you want to give? Or is I that do it? not. Okay, good. Do not. All right. 
let's get to uh, UAB. UAB defeats Southern Miss, who I said was going to get swept. I don't know why that didn't count. Gower. Uh, because they've been swept several times throughout the college basketball season. I just... Okay. Yeah, I was not missing my way around the world. But anyway, UAB 81, Southern Miss 68. Yes, Gower, you want to say something? I can see you getting ready over there. Well, no, it's because you you you, you were cherry-picking, Justin. You were picking the worst team in all of Conference USA to get swept. Uh-huh. And the whole thing is to pick the team that is sweeping. Okay. Not getting swept. Don't don't try to pull an Andrew and create a create a new rule out of nowhere. Come on, man. <laughs> but yeah, we still remember uh, your. No yeah, we remember board. Andrew. We we do remember. Did uh, that hit? Did that? Did that? Did I win that week? No, no, no you okay. didn't. No. Um, but a good win for UAP here, and one guy that had a good game here against Southern Miss in this Wednesday win was Michael Ertle. He had six threes off the bench. Scored 20. He was the sixth man of the year last year in Conference USA, I believe. And if he wasn't, he was one of the better bench players in Conference USA a season ago. Averaged 13 points per game. Shot it really well uh, from the field. This year, he's upped his game from three. He went from shooting 27% from three last season all the way up to 38% this season. He has made a true impact on this team. They've got to get him to be more consistent in the scoring column. He is their best bench player, best bench scorer, and really second to third best threat in the backcourt offensively beside Jelly Walker in that UAB offense. They've got solid front court players. When it comes to consistency besides Walker, they've got to have someone, and Ertl did that in this game, and they're going to need him to continue to do that moving forward because he is a big scorer. He's in his fifth year in college. A lot of experience. He will help this team make a run in the tournament. I'll just say one thing real quickly about Earl. You know, I think UAB kind of did a similar thing that Middle Tennessee did. They kind of rent. They kind of rested the stars a little bit. They they had that two seed locked up. They get the bye, but kind of a similar strategy. Trying to rest everybody up a little bit. Try to make sure everybody, everybody's healthy for their for the week at Man Camp in Jerry's World. Thursday featured a matchup of the Florida schools, FAU-FIU. They played twice, Thursday and Saturday. FAU won both of them, one at FIU 71-51, and then one at home 84-76. Thoughts here in this one, Justin, for FAU. Obviously, we're still fighting for positioning in this week's Conference USA tournament. Needed two, got two against FIU here. Yeah, good wins, and I think when you, we kind of talk about when you get into that last week, Andrew, we talked about it last week from the campaign, so there's a lot of teams that had a lot of fight for. FAU kind of did with their job, what they had to do, they did their job. However, they didn't get the help from West Kentucky that they needed to move into that bye slot. I mean, they get a one-day bye on Tuesday. They don't have to play Tuesday, but they, they get to play Wednesday, so they didn't. They, they still have an extra day to get everybody rested up, but not the ideal situation for, for the Owls that they were hoping for at the start of the week. North Texas beat UTSA 59-48 on Thursday. Uh, the score may surprise you, but I think North Texas was in control, and they were in control of this game throughout. We're up 11 at halftime, and then give up 31 in the second half. Tied UTSA in that second half uh, at 31 apiece. Nothing to me really stands out in terms of this result. I think maybe North Texas could have probably won by a few more points when it's all said and done, but defensively, it was still very good. You hold UTSA to 48. UTSA makes one three-point field goal and turned it over nine times. 
compared to North Texas's tempo. Uh, that's relatively not as good as it can be. And a balanced effort, again, from North Texas, four guys nearly getting double figures. So nothing too shocking in this North Texas result. Really, besides maybe it being a little bit closer yeah. uh, against UTSA, but still a good, good win. Remember, they had everything locked up as well heading into this week, so you were, you'd like to see no letdowns, and they didn't have that in this one. Honestly, I think their shooting lines improved this week. The stadium put out a bracket this morning. Now they've been the 13th seed. Now they're the 12th seed. So yeah, I was going to say, I've seen a few uh, that they've had them at the 12th. A good, a good weekend for them. You know, I, Again, Brackets don't mean anything. I mean, the only thing that brackets apply for right now are the teams that are locked in, like Loyola, Chicago, Murray State. Like, they're the only teams I think are actually looking at the NCAA tournament brackets, saying, hey, where could we go? But North Texas, I mean, their seating still depends on how this week goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now they're the they got to get in. They got to win it. Yeah, they got to win it because, you know, you've had a couple bid stealers this week. Loyola, Chicago is not supposed to win the Missouri Valley. Correct. They were. I mean, let's keep in mind they were the four seed in the Missouri Valley Conference. People kind of thought maybe they were the favorites though too, just because they lost a few games in Northern Iowa and some other teams had some good regular seasons. They were probably going to get in the NCAA tournament regardless, even though some people had them on well, the I'm outside looking in. The it does kind of change things. I, I do think a little bit. You, now, now they're locked in. So someone's going to be on the door. On the they, way out the door. They would have threatened to not be in the tournament if there would have been a few bid stealers, as in teams that won random conference you, conference tournaments in the Power Five that weren't going to get in regardless. So, so. I mean, you still have that as well, just to kind of see if there's going to be. But, but in terms of Conference USA, there no at-larges. Whoever wins the conference is going to be yeah, in. Yeah, I agree with you. I think UAB had the best chance, and they have lost too many games. Uh, particularly one against Marshall. That does yeah. not look as good. An 11-win team that's at the bottom of the East. Uh, that's probably the biggest loss that hurts the Blazers' chances. North Texas does not have a signature win, really. You can point at and say, okay, this is their case. They, they beat Wichita one. State. Uh, this week in the tournament. I don't know if that'll do it. I, don't, I just don't think if they get all the way to the championship and would lose, it would be enough. They had opportunities. They did beat Drake, but they had opportunities against Miami and, and Kansas. And then, and then back in November, did not take advantage of those, even though those were close games. Now, if they do get in and they win the Conference USA tournament, I think they make a run. I think they win one or two games like they did last year, won a game. Uh, but I don't know if that at-large spot is available. Yeah, well, it's just about on the seating line at this point. We're, yep. we're, 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 like 12 seed, 13, 14, 15. Let's get to UTEP and Rice. I mean, UTEP. Had a lot to play for this week. Rice kind of did as well. You know, Rice lucky to be at the five in the West, but UTEP, though, beats them close game on Thursday, 70-67. Yeah, I thought this was about the performance from Carl Pierre for Rice. He goes for 30 points, hit six threes, grabbed 11 rebounds as well. He played well, kept UTEP in this game, uh, or kept Rice in this game, I should say, and kept it really close in a game that Rice still was trying to search for that not quality win, but a win that gets you going And in terms of okay, can we figure things out? And I, I Don't get... Or did Ben pick Rice in this? Didn't you pick Rice for a sweep? Or somebody picked Rice, I feel like, this week because I had said it's a little bit of an iffy pick going on the road. They lost both games. Yeah. You know, this loss to UTEP hurt them because they went into UTSA and lost by 11. So that loss by just three points just hurt Rice. They, they, they've been searching for that mm. win. And not just any win. They beat the last win they've had since February. They've won two games since the start of February. UTSA at home, 
Southern Miss at home. And then against Division II school, we're not going to count that as a third win. They've won two games. They have not won any competitive games. Yeah. So they've been still searching for a quality win. And UTEP, they had a good opportunity to do it on the road and couldn't get it done. This team is not struggling because I think there's talent there, but they've still got to find a way to win against teams that know what they're going to do but also are very competitive. It it may or may not have been me that picked Rice on Thursday. Yeah, I could have. Well, they were close. They were, it was a close game. It yeah. was only three points. But, I mean, it was a, you know, I, I, I stayed true to picking up since. I didn't cherry pick. Yeah. I didn't cherry pick. Ben's pointing fingers at <laughs> Justin. I, I did not raise any fingers, Andrew. He's using no. his eyebrows. Easy. Yeah, Easy. very. Okay, for the Saturday slate, eyebrows. we'll go relatively quick here, so then we get to the tournament teams. I'll just run through the Saturday scores. Justin, you tell me what pops out to you from the scores. Uh, we mentioned Western Kentucky's victory, 78-69 over Marshall on Saturday. Old Dominion wins over MTSU, 68-64. Called that one as well. Uh, FAU-FIU, FAU won by eight. UTSA, as we just mentioned, beat Rice. 82-71. UTEP took down North Texas on Saturday, 70-68, to despite a 47-point second half from the Mean Green. It was UTEP holding them off at home. UAB beat La Tech at home, 87-74, a game that decided UAB's second seed in the West, and then Charlotte defeated Southern Miss at home, or on the road, I should say, 70-67. to So I think there's a few things maybe that stand out to you there, yeah, Justin. Yeah, a couple of big ones. Uh, UAB defeats La Tech. La Tech did not play great in the second half. UAB didn't, and for La Tech, that's been their theme all year, playing great in the second half. We talk about the bye. That bye is valuable. You don't have to play till Thursday. You can really arrive at man camp at Jerry's World, like, tomorrow. Uh, you could show up. Tomorrow, have a day of practice. La Tech's now going to go a day earlier than they want to. Uh, let's talk about other games on the schedule. Southern, Southern Miss, I thought, played well yesterday, you know, on Saturday, 67-70. to UTEP upset win there, but UTSA, that's a big win. And they got a big game against Southern Miss tomorrow. Those are two teams that are coming in hot. That's going to really come down to who wants it more and who wants to spend a day more at Jerry's World and at the Star. And then, other than that, I mean, there's not... Other than Old Dominion, Andrew, I'll, I'll applaud you. I mean, that was a very good pick. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there's there's not a lot to say this Saturday, I think, because you have a couple games that cause concern, but now these teams got to know it's go time. Yep. This is the week where you, every team goes in there. We want to win the conference tournament. Congratulations. This is your week to do it. You can make your dreams come true and go to March Madness and, and, go, and go dancing. Yeah, a good result from Old Dominion. What a finish to the year for Jeff Jones and his guys. I know he battled cancer throughout the year and pneumonia, too. He's going to come back to coach next year as well, uh, despite all of that I, I did read. But uh, what a resilient year for those guys have had, having to deal with their coach maybe being in and out. But also, because they had a rough patch there in February to battle back and end up finishing the year strong with some quality wins. Got to give a lot of credit to what that group's been able to do hanging uh, into the tournament. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. That's the thing. That's the, that's the issue when you get to March. There are a lot of tough games, and you have a lot of good teams, but some teams are going to have to go home and pack their bags after a couple of days. And, and that's the tough part, Andrew, because ultimately, you, you know, they want to win it for Coach Jones, but they got a tough battle, and that's what happens when you get to March. It's no longer it's win and go home, it's the NBA playoffs. It's game seven for five days in a row, and you've got to maintain. All right, let's get to the uh, postseason awards. We'll do this for the next 10 minutes, take a break, and then break down these brackets. 
Uh, let's do the let's do the teams. Here's the All Conference USA first team: Jameer Young, Charlotte; Tyler Perry, North Texas; Jordan Walker, UAB; Davion McKnight, Western Kentucky; Kenneth Lofton Jr., La Tech. Any issues with the first team there, Justin? When you looked at the list, anybody that you thought would be there? I'll mention one thing I'm surprised about: no teams leaving for the Sun Belt on that first team. That that we talked about punishments. That's a surprise. I think you have a couple good players, like you, you know, Tavion Kinsey could be an arguable fit. Kind of went down there a little bit, but guys, I mean, we talked about talk about indirect punishment for leaving the Sun Belt. That's that's something there. That no none of those teams that are leaving early for the Sun Belt are on that list. I mean, not to play good, but that's just the big thing I noticed there. But uh, Young, good good picks. Surprise, Sharp's not on there. That's the only one I'm kind of sit there. I'm, I'm puzzled by. That, ne- leads the country in blocks. He's not on the list. Not on any of the teams. Yeah, that's a that's a big surprise for me. Anybody from the from that did not make the first team that you thought should? Um, I think you mentioned maybe Kinsey, but no Sharp. You think? Oh, okay. You thought Sharp should be on the first team? Yeah, he wasn't even on any of the teams. That's the, yeah. that to me is a big surprise. I think the only other surprise I have is no team leaving for the Sun Belt. Let's go. Yeah, keep in mind, uh, people that vote on it's the sports information directors, media, and the coaches. So I don't think I don't think it's too big of a deal, but definitely an interesting point there. Uh, You make obviously talk about Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Miss. You debate if they should be on there, but you just find it fascinating. I'll argue your Tavion Kinsey point for the first team. If Marshall is in the top four of the East, yes. If he's leading the conference in scoring, yes. But his numbers dipped as the year went on, mm. partially because of injury and that sort of thing. Uh, and when your team is in last in the East, right, he's help. lucky to be on the second team. You know, the numbers speak for themselves. People know his name. He's a good player. He's probably a first-team player, but he's not. his team is not up to a first-team caliber. Because when you look at these teams, Charlotte, top four seed in the East. La Tech, top three seed West. North Texas, best team in the West. UAB, second best team in the West. Western, Western Kentucky, second best team in the East. So those are all yep. relatively the best players on their respective teams, and they're all some of the best teams in the conference. Well, Sharp did even, make a team. Even then, uh, on the Tavion point, real quick, uh, Andy Taylor has been having relatively a near, I wouldn't say identical, but I mean they they've traded off in you know highest scorer. On the night, I mean I Taylor. He, Taylor's had a solid. He was. He wasn't even on honorable mention. No, I know. Yeah. So, so I, that, that was just adding to the point where, you know, if Tavion didn't make it, you know, Andy was up there too, yeah. having a solid season. Then no mention. Yep. One thing though, Sharp is on the old defensive team. Yeah. No, none of the first or second I'm or third. Surprised thirds. by that. I think that's the coaches and whoever votes for this made a huge mistake. The second team. As expected, Tavion Kinsey, Marshall, Josh Jefferson, Middle Tennessee State, Thomas Bell, North Texas, Austin Trice, Old Dominion, and Solly Boom, UTEP. Any issues Not there? issues with uh, Jefferson and Boom. Kay. I thought they had better years than the second team. I, I, you know, or who who do you think had better years than them on the second team? No, I think they, they, they deserved it. There. I, I, just okay. think, I just think there's... I, I'm interested to see what the vote total was between second and first, because I would have... I think those two guys have a very good argument to be on the first team. Yeah. I just see them on the second team. I'm just dying to know what the vote differential was. Well, if they deserve to be on the first team, was there anybody on the first team that you would, would argue down. Yeah, that you would move down to the second team? Because um, this is good by Conference USA, sticking to five players. I know some other conferences, yeah. and even the women's side, 
I think they did eight guys, eight yeah. play, eight girls on the first team. So I like how eight. they do five. Yeah, I think they normally done eight though. I like five. You know, there's yeah. five players that start on the basketball floor. They're gonna be the best five in the conference. But uh, yeah, I'm, I think last year they did eight. That's why I was used to the eight idea. I'm, I'm not used to the five on five. But yeah, I think Jefferson and Boom. I'm not saying they should be on there, but I think there's more of a case. I just want to see the vote total to see like how what the differential was. Gotcha. Tavion, I have gotcha. some questions about him. I think. Second team's a good fit this year. For him, yeah. I, I'm i sorry. I think he's a good player. He did not play great this year. He was good in November and December. I hope the, I hope they considered that, though, when they were making their decision. But come January, it was right downhill. But um, third team, don't really have many issues there, too. Yeah, third um, team, Elijah Martin, FAU, Tevin Brewer, FIU. Carl Pierre Rice, Quan Jackson, UAB Jamal Bienemy, UTEP. Josh so Jefferson's on there on the second team, as mentioned for he, middle because he's best he player. Moved up a little bit. I don't think so. He only averaged 14 a game. He was the best player on the best team in the East. That's why he's on the second team. I think if middle is a middle of the pack team, he may not even be on one of the three teams in yeah, general. Um, I have a problem with. Uh, I don't know. My big I have a problem. Well, That's my big problem. I don't really t- have too much of a problem with him off of the list. I do. I have a problem with Cameron Justice off the list. Okay. We saw him play in person. He yeah, had some good. See, he had a good year. Um, I understand his experience. I'm also have a problem with C.J. Kaiser. C.J. Kaiser for Old Dominion averaged 14 points per game. He was the leading scorer on Old Dominion. So if you're going to put anybody on one of these three teams from Old Dominion, I'm putting him over Trice. That's just me. Zeepke also had a good year, but I don't think Trice is a head and shoulders above C.J. Kaiser or Cameron Justice. Cameron Justice's numbers, I mentioned Kaiser um, averaging 14 a night. Cameron Justice was right at 14, and he shot 43 from the field and nearly 43. So I think we're talking about one of the better three-point shooters and scorers in the conference left off this list. He was on the honorable mention, uh, but I have a problem with him not even at least being on the third team here. And what what about Andy Taylor? I don't 14.5. I, I don't. I don't have a problem there. I understand, but let's keep in mind Justice is the second best player on Western. Western is the second-best team in the East, Andrew Taylor for Marshall. He's the second-best player on Marshall on the last team in the East. So people, you got to keep that in mind um, because even when we talk about player of the year and stuff, most of the time the player of the year in the conference is the best player on the best team. Not so much the case when we get to it here in a second and this year, but in years past, Nick and I have discussed this and how we think John Elmore should have won it his senior year. He didn't win it. They gave it to Middle Tennessee State's uh, star forward Nick King because he averaged I think 16 a game but he was the best player on the best team. Marshall was a four seed that year. They were one of the better teams but they weren't the best team. They count These coaches and what they vote on is who has one of the better teams and who's the best player and is he making such a significant impact. You know if Josh Jefferson Josh Jefferson from Middle Tennessee State was never in consideration yeah. I think for player of the year because he's averaging 14 but that team's so balanced to where you take him off they're still probably a middle of the pack team his impact isn't player of the year impact and I understand that's not really the the argument but still going to your Andy Taylor point you got to factor in win loss in terms of team success here and how that can factor into where these players get recognized that has a lot to do with it I have an issue with the all freshman team go for it read off the the freshman team okay I'll do that Ali Khalifa from Charlotte 
Caleb Stewart from La Tech, T. Phil Leonard Jr. from Middle Tennessee, Aaron Scott from North Texas, and then Rashad Bolden from Southern Miss. I have an issue with Khalifa. Go for it. Or as D'Antoni calls him, Big Boy. All right, here's my issue. He had one good week. He had one good week. His entire year, he had one good week. He gets on the all-freshman team, and he gets freshman of the year. So are we just rewarding guys on one good week in college? He won Conference USA Player of the Week, or Conference USA Freshman of the Week, multiple times. But tell me, what other freshman are you giving the award to? Because the freshman class here in Conference strong. USA is not strong. It was not strong this year. I mean, you could make an argument for probably maybe Stewart. I thought he had decent year at times. Scott Bolt had a decent year. I just, my, I just saw Khalifa's name, and I'm like, he had one good week. I don't know if that's f- you could win Pierre. And it was and it was against the grad. Yep. And it was against Marshall, and who, as we have mentioned, you know that that plays a that big part. In that the, kind of bothered me a little bit. I'm like Marshall's how, not <laughs> like, seated very high this year. To me, I'm like so we're rewarding. To me, I saw it in person. I saw him in person. I'm not too happy with that selection because to me, I feel like he's getting rewarded for. One good week, not a whole season. That's just my opinion on it. Um, just initial, or my my understanding of, of, or my confusion here on some of this is... I always have an issue on player of the year I want to get to, but that's... Here, here in a second. Uh, I have an, I'm confused by the fact that... Um, well, I guess, okay. Elijah Martin's a freshman, but he's a second-year freshman. He made the all-conference third team from FAU, but so this is only true freshman. They don't count, calculate redshirt freshmen in this, so that makes more sense to me now. Uh, but, you know, I don't really have an issue with it, honestly, because none of these freshmen in Conference USA are very good. And you think about some of the better teams, they are experienced, transfer-heavy groups that aren't relying on young guys to have really good years. So I think I'm fine with Khalifa winning it. Seven points per, or nearly eight points per game, four rebounds. That was honestly the best. Yeah, I mean, you know, was- nobody else really did anything worthy, I don't think. Um, to me, that would get it above and beyond what he did, especially being on a winning team and making an impact. It's not like as if he plays just 10 minutes. He plays and starts and plays a lot. Got an issue with player of the year as well. Let's get to these, or let's mention the defensive team because I have just one point to make okay. there. Kobe Williams, Thomas Bell, J.J. Murray, no surprise, Murray and Bell, both from North Texas on this list, Kwan Jackson and Jamarian Sharp. Thought Obina would be on here. Obina actually killing with his no, blocks. But let's on. keep in mind, I know his he, his production in the blocks category did dip as the year went on. Marshall, not a very good defensive team in general. So let's we'll, we'll keep it that in mind, too. That was the only thing that uh, shocked me at first. I thought Marshall would have Obina on that list. But when you look at the team defensive Numbers they don't add up to make him worthy, even if his blocks number is higher. Um, but okay, let's go coach of the year. No surprise, Nick McDevitt. We well talked deserved. about it last week. Well no surprise. We won't even talk about I it other than the fact that no, no, we won't even need to discuss. He deserved it without a doubt. Um, you could have gave it to Grant McCaslin because of what he's just done with North Texas, having to replace three starters and still be the best team. But by far, the rebuild or retool, you could say, for Middle Tennessee State to go from the bottom of the East last year to the top is remarkable. So he is the coach of the year. No no surprise, newcomer of the year, Tyler Perry, comes yeah, in, makes good. an immediate impact. I do have an issue with sixth player of the year, and maybe this is That's a mistake. Right. This is maybe a mistake in the media release. I'll go check on Conference USA's Twitter as well. No, Walker. Jordan Walker was not coming off the bench at all. He, he did not start 
He started all but one game for UAB, so I don't understand that. I thought Tyler Perry was the sixth player of the year, so just let's hold here and maybe see if they got that wrong on the website. No, we'll we'll hurry up and make it quick here. Okay. Uh, Yeah, the web. So the release got it wrong on Conference USA's website because on their official awards thing they got Walker too. I was like, yeah, on Twitter. Jordan Walker's the newcomer of the year. Okay. Tyler Perry's the sixth player of the year. Perry came off the bench, so no surprise from those two guys. They were the most impressive guys. No surprise for defensive player of the year, Jamarian Sharp. We talked about Khalifa, freshman of the year. We iffy thoughts, but again, a weak freshman class. Player of the year, Jordan Walker from UAB. Honestly, when I saw the notifications coming through, because I have Conference USA notification, tweet notifications on. Congratulations. Um, and I got the email, too. That mm-hmm. I just didn't know. What, like, I saw the words. I'm like, I wonder who's going to win player of the year. Because when you think about it, in years past, Bassey, Hamlet, Nick King, there were guys that you just knew were good. Yeah. And were and not good, but you just knew they were in the consideration. I don't think I could have c- conformed three players to vote for. You know, because Jameer Young's a good player, but he's, his team's fourth. Western's balanced, but if I had to pick somebody, it's Davion McKnight. FAU. Sharp for play the year, honestly. Not over McKnight to me. Middle, Jefferson doesn't deserve it to me. North Texas, they're so balanced, I'd give it to Perry if anybody. UAB has the best player in terms of production. Still on a balanced team. He averages nearly 20 a night. Honestly, don't have an issue with it. Don't have an issue with it. I think Joey Walker, Jordan Walker, he's made a bunch of winning plays that are near the top of the West. I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue. I think you could have a debate there on that. I think you kind of look at it. I would have gone with Sharp a little bit. I think you kind of have to reward, you know. He didn't do enough on the offensive end, though. He just blocked shots. You know, he did enough in terms of, okay, putbacks, that yeah. sort of thing, but consistently did not do enough to me. What about for player of the year, Ali Khalifa? Not a chance. No. He had that one great game versus Maybe in Marshall. three years. Maybe in three, <laughs> three years. years. So uh, who, who would you have put on there? But. I would have gone with Sharp. Would have at least considered Young. I thought Young had a very good year. If Charlotte's a top two team in the East, Young has a really good chance. But they're fourth. Yeah. So that's the only... I, I'm not a big fan of the whole fourth year limit out of play of the year, but... That that's just my opinion. I we, we see. Don't, I we agree don't get with to you. Vote, which is unfortunate because I think we I think our ballots would have been more. I agree with you, but it's just how it goes. Yeah. It's just how it is because if if Charlotte is the is in Western Kentucky spot or FAU spot in the three spot, I think Jameer Young maybe wins Player yeah. of the Year because then you can only argue a game or two difference Why between UAB or Charlotte. And I look at the stats. I, I think it should be stat based. Well, if you look at the stats, Tavion Kinsey's a first teamer. Yeah. So it, it comes down I to think, again I think politics get involved in this, and that's why I hate this team kind of success. And you know, can does it map out with the player, or is that player? Not only having a good year for himself, but is it resulting in wins for hopefully, the team? Hopefully, the Sun Belt ballots are better. Mm, no guarantees there. No one, I think it's. I think it's probably the same all around. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll talk about the 2022 Heritage Landscape Supply Group Conference USA Men's Basketball Championship. That's on the other side here on Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Your home for award-winning coverage of Marshall Athletics is right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP Ravenswood, West Virginia. Hi, this is Terrence Howard. My mother was the cornerstone of our family. She shaped me as an actor, a musician, as a human being. 
So when she was diagnosed with colon cancer, it was like our whole family got cancer. And she died when she was only 56, so this is personal. Now hopefully my heartbreak is your wake-up call. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cancer killer, but you can prevent this disease. Screening finds precancerous polyps so that they can be removed before they turn into cancer. I've been screened. If you think that you're at an increased risk like I am, ask your doctor when to start screening. And if you're 50 or older, get screened. I don't have my mother anymore. So please, do everything that you can to stay around for yourself and for your family. Screening saves lives. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, this is former martial defensive lineman Ryan B., and you're listening to the worldwide leader of martial athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back inside Conference USA. My name is Andrew Rogers, here with Justin Zimmer and Ben Cower. All right, get your pens and your paper out. It's time to fill out the bracket. Best time of the year in my book. Well, we um, still at the March Madness bracket show next week. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Zoom premium. We have. We'll uh, give you a rebound <laughs> for what happened in the fall. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, so Ben, give us an update here. Where do we stand in the standings? I know I had a better week mm. than the past, but give us an update yeah, here heading into the tournament. The do I have to? I, I, you know, I did win that. You guys handed me an award. Yes, you know, the academy sent me an award. There's no we. It was a Justin only award. <laughs> oh, it was Justin only. Oh, wow. Okay. He just well, sent me the picture and said. Ben will like this. <laughs> no, I Ben will learn his lesson. Yeah, or Ben, yeah, Ben will learn for, his lesson. For context, everybody at home, uh, two weeks ago I made a comment after I, I swept for the first time in a while, and I said I'd like to thank the Academy as we were playing uh-huh. uh, the, instru- the instrumental to uh, Celebration in uh-huh. the background, and I declared it the greatest moment ever uh-huh. on in the history of radio. Well, our very own Justin Zimmer... AKA the Academy. He, he he surprised me by by giving me my very own my very own Oscar uh, for best pe- picks of the week of February twenty first presented to me. Uh-huh. Ben Cow. Yeah, I hope you learned your lesson. I did learn my lesson okay, because good. you know what? This week I did I did not die. There we go. <laughs> that was not a good week. In fact, both of you got all of your picks right. Told you it was March, boys. And uh, I only got my sweep right of Western because, uh, you know, my upsets just didn't land because they are upsets. But uh, there you go, Andrew. Me, me playing... You can just uh, leave it set down. <laughs> uh, me playing uh, risk, risk Taker ended up actually costing me the lead that I've had for really the, the whole year. Justin's in the lead. Justin is in the lead by one game. 15-9. and nine. I'm at 14 and 10, and Andrew, you're clawing your way back into it at 10 and 14. Hey, we're trugging along you're here. You're trugging okay. along. All right, so. Good, so the Oscar showed its point. All right. Yes. You get, yep, so yes, the way you, this you got work. me. I, I like the award. It's, it's very nice. I like it. Obviously, our <laughs> brackets are going to look different the deeper we go. So, so we especially. No, well, we maybe could. Yeah, we, we maybe could. Um, but. When we after get past really into the quarterfinals, I'm just going to mention that game, and then you say who you've got and why, and then moving on. And then as we go forth, you get a point for each pick you get right. No incorrect picks the rest of the way, if that makes sense. So if you take if you if we pick Marshall FIU and no one takes FIU, then and we all and and FIU wins. Nobody loses anything. You just don't get any points. So if you get more, like if you get picks idea. correct, 
you get a point. If you don't get it right, you don't get a point. So that's how this will work. Oh, so we're, we're only getting positive points. Only positive points from here on out. Yep. So gotcha. if I've got 10 points, just forget the losses. We're just going by wins from here on out. Because I am the scorekeeper here, so I just need, to know, the, need to know the rules. That is, that is how yeah, we're going to get about you're this. You're going to a busy week next week with our March Madness brackets. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so tomorrow, Marshall FIU. 7.30 tip down there in Frisco. At Jerry World. Ben, start us out. FIU won the first two meetings. Cow, it's at your favorite place. Marshall wins the third meeting. Oh. Give me the herd. Give me the herd over FIU yeah. in this one. Make sure you write this out. You're, we're filling it out together. Oh, yeah. You write it in. I got it filled out. You, you already filled the whole thing out. Oh, geez. I filled some of it out. Oh, some of it. Really? I fill it out when I yes. talk. Well, no, I'm, I, knows what I, listen, do. I filled out just some, not all. Okay. So I'm just... He's going with the herd. I like the herd. Give me the herd. Gower, not so fast, my friend. I'm going to go with uh, FIU. I think FIU, they figured Marshall out both times. Three times the charm. Give me the Panthers. Interesting pick. Interesting pick. And you, obviously, you think about these two teams, combined seven-game losing streak heading into this one. Um, both teams have struggled. And when you think back to FIU's two wins, they won by one here in Huntington, and they won by four at home, all the way back in January on the 20th, in the midst of a long losing streak for the Herd. I'll take the Herd. I think Marshall gets it done. Hard to beat a team three times, especially when you think at the margin of victory for FIU. Marshall should have won the meeting in Huntington and was playing horrible back in January and only lost by four. Marshall can handle FIU. This team's playing with more grit, intensity. Kinsey is better than Tevin Brewer. He's the best player for FIU. I'll take the herd. Okay, UTSA Southern Miss, another great one on tomorrow night. Uh, it's 8 p.m. tip-off there. UTSA is the 6 in the West. Southern Miss is the 7 in the West. I'll start us off here. Give me the Roadrunners. They've been playing some better basketball, hung around with North Texas. They also hung around uh, and beat Rice heading into the tournament. And I think Southern Miss has not really found their rhythm. I thought they would, but they haven't. So I'll take the herd here tomorrow night, and I'll also take UTSA. I agree with you. I'm going to go UTSA. I think you just look at how they're playing. I thought they played great this weekend. I think so. Look, I think this game's going to be close. I'm think I'm maybe th- even thinking overtime. I think these two teams are kind of evenly matched up. But I'm going to go with the Roadrunners in overtime. You don't get extra points for the overtime, by the way. Okay, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought I could cherry pick my way into overtime points. But. I don't. I don't think it's going to go to overtime. But uh, yeah, I'm, I agree with you guys. I think the Roadrunners are going to win this game. UTSA, Southern Miss, this has not been able to find its rhythm for a very long, long time. And UTSA, as as you said, Andrew is playing better basketball. Uh, you know that 82 point victory over Rice, right? Heading, you know, just before heading heading into the tournament. Uh, give me the Roadrunners. Okay, this is now the second round. We'll move on to the second round on Wednesday. Some good matchups here. Four yeah. in the East, Charlotte. Five in the West, Rice. Justin, where do you think here? A good matchup. Yeah, I think Rice struggled last weekend. We talked about kind of how in March you got to be on your best game. Charlotte had a good weekend against Middle Tennessee. They're, they're riding high. Give me Charlotte in this ballgame. And Charlotte will take on North Texas, in my opinion. Ben? Yeah, give me Charlotte, too. I agree with Justin. Uh, Charlotte's been playing better basketball as of recently, and, you know, Rice has kind of stumbled a little bit. So I'm going to go with the team with momentum. Give me the Charlotte 49ers. See, March is so hard to predict because when you think back at of, of teams that have had success, and most recently I'll just bring up Baylor. Baylor won the national championship, 
and lost in the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. You know, you wouldn't expect them to do that. You would expect them to at least get the, the championship, and if they don't win it, uh, you know, it's not a surprise because they got there and they won some games. They probably lost to a good team, but, you know, you would think that Rice has to be down in the dumps here and lose to Charlotte because Charlotte's been playing better basketball. Rice has struggled, hasn't really found a rhythm. I really want to pick the Owls, but I can't. I'm going to go Charlotte. I think Charlotte's got enough experience. Jameer Young is the best player in this matchup. And there's just a too, there's just too many good pieces around him. It's hard for me not to take Rice. If Old Dominion's that four seed, I'm taking Rice. But it's Charlotte. Charlotte's got the better player. I'll take the 49ers. And it's so, it's in Texas too. Let's not forget because yeah, you know, short travel, short travel. All, all the Owls can be shown up at Jerry World. They're going to have a nice play date. But, oh, and, and sorry to Nick Verzellini that we all took against. Maybe the, it won't be a showering of booze. It'll be a showering of whoo. Yes. Whoo. <laughs> Marshall La Tech. That's what I've got in the 3-6 matchup. I'll make it quick. Give me La Tech. These two teams met in Ruston. It was not really a matchup. Ruston no. or Louisiana Tech won by 30. That was, again, way earlier in the year. I think it's much more that of a competitive a game um, because I don't think La Tech has lived up to what they're capable of, especially with Lofton inside. I think he could have been better this year, uh, it, even though he still made the first team. But I will take La Tech. I think they get it done. Uh, just too much balance, better defense. I'll take Conkle's squad. This is where I disagree with you guys. I took, La, I took FIU in that first game, so I'm going to go with La, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with La Tech. In that bowl, because you, you have FIU La Tech. Yep. Yeah, I got FIU La Tech. Ben, and I'm with you, Andrew. I like uh, La Tech over Marshall. Although La Tech has shown that they can be vulnerable to teams that they should beat by oblivion, uh, so Marshall might make this game pretty close. Uh, but I still, I, I, I would go with Louisiana Tech in this one. All right, UTEP Old Dominion. As we continue to move through this second round. Uh, four in the West, UTEP. Five in the East, Old Dominion. Ben, I'll put you on the spot again. What do you got here? Uh, I got I got UTEP beating ODU. I, I like Jeff Jones. I think it's a great story, but I, I just don't have ODU beating UTEP. UTEP has been playing. I mean, they're coming off that victory. Uh, they beat Rice, and then on Saturday, UTEP beat North Texas. Big victory. Nobody's been able to do that. Nobody's been able to do that. Nobody's been able to beat North Texas. Yes, they sat their starters, and yes, it was the end of the end of the conference you know, it was the end of the season but UTEP is coming into this tournament with momentum I like the minors in this one well I like Jeff Jones too and and, 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 and he's in thoughts and prayers with Jeff Jones he fights uh, about cancer I'm going to go UTEP as well I agree with you I think they beat North Texas they're red hot Old Dominion I think it's kind of been a, a mishma- mishmash I mean they had a good week last week but I don't know what team you're going to get when you get down to Dallas and they got they got you know, these Eastern teams have to go like a couple time zones over. So give me a UTEP in this ballgame. You know, this is a tough one to pick for me because you just never really know. These two teams met back in early January in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. It was an overtime win for the Miners. Old Dominion went 1 of 15 from 3. If this team makes shots, they're dangerous because they have the best front court duo in, I think, this conference in Azipke and Trice. And at the time, Azipke was coming off the bench. Now they start both of them. Uh, so this is a tough one for me, but I'm going to go with Old Dominion. I think the road ends for UTEP here and Joe Golding's team. They've had a good year, but I think Old Dominion gets it done. Uh, defensively, they've been solid and coming off two wins, and they've really found a groove here. And that's what you kind of look for in March now is which teams faced adversity in February and mid-February, but then has figured things out because sometimes that's what you need to be a good team and win meaningful games is can you face adversity and see what do we what are we doing wrong 
what can we fix heading in? Old Dominion's hit that adversity and has won three of its last four heading in. I'll take the Monarchs to beat UTEP here. FAU-UTSA, bottom of the second round bracket. Three in the East, FAU, six in the West, UTSA. I think we all took the Roadrunners, so we have this same matchup. Uh, I'll go FAU. I think FAU gets it done. A good year uh, here for these Owls. I just don't think that um, UTSA is going to have enough in terms of offense to keep up with FAU that shot the basketball well. Very balanced team. I'll take the Owls. I have the Owls, too. I mean, I think, I think they've had a massive improvement from from, from, this year, from last year to this year. I'm going to go FAU, and I think this game will be a blowout. And just be, as we said earlier, you know, UTSA has been playing better basketball as of recent, but better basketball in the context of UTSA so far this season doesn't necessarily mean good basketball in regards to FAU. So I think, as you said, Justin, uh, blowout, probably. But I, I, I agree. I agree with both of you. I'm going to take Florida Atlantic in this one. To the quarterfinals, this is Thursday's matchups. One in the West, West North Texas gets a couple of days off, doesn't play till Thursday, and he just needs to win three games to get to the championship. And I've got them playing Charlotte here in the quarterfinals. This is a good matchup, boys. I mean, you can't make this one up. Uh, a good defensive team against what's been a good Charlotte offensive team. And uh, Jameer Young against Tyler Perry, two of the better point guards in this conference, uh, these two teams met earlier in the year. North Texas won at home by 14. I'm going to go North Texas. Just hard to pick against the Mean Green. That defense, man, is tough. I just don't think that uh, Charlotte offensively will be able to get it. I think Grant McCaslin knows the two matchups. He's familiar with Rice. He's already seen Charlotte once, held them to 50 points. I think when it comes down to he's got a several days, he can sit and watch that game. Really get a good scouting report on who they're going to play or on both teams in general, depending on the result and how that game goes. I think he's going to have his guys ready. I'll, I'll go Mean Green. I'm going to go Mean Green as well because I'll mention this. Dallas and North Texas are right near each other. They can go home at night. They don't have to, they're probably not going to stay in a hotel. They, they're probably just going to be back and forth to, to the star. I think that's a huge advantage for the Mean Green. Give me North Texas in this ballgame. But I think you mentioned, I think Jameer Young will get stopped by North Texas's defense. Give me the Mean Green. And it is just so hard to pick against the Mean Green because they've been so good all year long. And Charlotte is kind of at its ups and downs. Yes, they're coming off of a couple of victories. You know, offensively, they might be able to put up a, a solid performance. But, man, that defense for, for the North Texas Mean Green. Yeah, give me North Texas. That's probably one of the better games in this quarterfinal matchup. It could be one of the better quarterfinal ones. Here's another good one, though. Second in the East, Western Kentucky is going to get three, or could get three in the West, La Tech. Interesting one here, Ben. What do you think? Start us off here. Well, in my case, it's it's La Tech versus Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky has been red hot as of recent. I mean, again, they were coming off the sweep of Marshall, but just the past month, or so. They they have been red hot. Give me Western Kentucky over Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech has been inconsistent this year. They haven't lived up to their potential. I think Louisiana Tech could make a, a case to win this game. It might be closer, but man, Western Kentucky has just been red hot. Give me the Hilltoppers. Justin. What concerns me is La Tech's second half. They I'm afraid if Western Kentucky pulls this game far in the first half, it's not going to be surmountable for La Tech to come back. I think they're a great second-half team. And I'm afraid they also could get complacent against FIU. I don't think they're, they're – I think they'll beat FIU, but I don't think that's a, a shoe-in. I'm going to go Western Kentucky, but 
don't be surprised if LaTeX wins this game, but I'm worried because they uh, they've not been playing. They, as Ben mentions, they're off and on, and and I think it depends how big the deficit is in the first half. But I'm, I'm going to play it safe. Give me give me a Western Kentucky. I'm going to go Western Kentucky as well. I think Lofton Jr. is the difference for LaTeX in this team going to the championship or losing in the quarterfinals. They need him to play really well, and I don't know if he can do that against Jamarian Sharp's length. He's quick enough to keep up with Lofton, who's only six foot eight. Lofton's a good player, but I think he's going to have some problems with Jamarian Sharp. I think that's the difference here in this quarterfinal matchup for Western Kentucky. I will take um, the Hilltoppers. Okay, on, continuing on, Middle Tennessee State and Old Dominion. This is another good one. Two East Division teams they just met, and Old Dominion won at home by four. So both those teams split the season series. I'm having a hard. They would have had rest between. I'm having a hard time not picking Old Dominion, honestly. But I'm gonna go with MTSU, even though of the teams that have multiple buys and ha- and don't play until the quarterfinals, MTSU is the most likely to get upset. I think Old Dominion gets it done. But I will say this, and this doesn't really make sense with my picks, but if UTEP would beat Old Dominion, I think UTEP beats Middle, if that makes sense. You know, I picked Old Dominion to beat UTEP because I think this matchup-wise, Old Dominion will fit better there. But if UTEP does beat Old Dominion, they beat Middle. So we'll keep that on record there, I think. Even though I'm taking uh, Middle Tennessee State and wrote Old Dominion, UTEP will beat Middle if UTEP beats Old Dominion. I'm going to go Middle Tennessee State. I, I think UTEP, the party's going to be over. When they get down, I, I think I think they got enough to get past Old Dominion. Middle Tennessee's good. I don't think they're getting past the the semifinal though. So, if I'm gonna go with Middle Tennessee to get to Friday's. Yeah, fourth in the West versus first in the East. Middle Tennessee's been so balanced all year. Got to pick Middle Tennessee in this one. UAB FAU at the bottom of this quarterfinal matchup. Second in the West, UAB. Third in the East, FAU. I'll take the Blazers. I think UAB gets it done. Uh, Jordan Walker's a good player. Matchup of two really balanced rosters in terms of scoring and how these two teams operate. But I think the difference is the fact that Jordan Walker's the player of the year. He's one of the best players, if not the best player in Conference USA this season. I'll take the Blazers. I'm going to go UAB. I think they got a good team. I think FAU, they've struggled all year. I think when they're going to see a big team like UAB, it, I don't think it's it's going to be close for the first half. UAB will pull away in the second half. Give me UAB. Again, it, later on in the tournament is where inconsistent teams start to obviously fall off. And uh, UAB hasn't been perfect this year, but they've been overall better than FAU. So give me the Blazers in this one over FAU. So let's, we have all the same semifinal teams, right? North Texas, Western Kentucky matchup, Middle Tennessee State, UAB. How about that? Chalk. Well, look, great minds think alike. Maybe. Chalk. <laughs> but, but chalk. You know, best teams by better seat are winning in, in our books. Well, I mean, is it's, it really March? The, the cream rises to well, the I top. Got some upsets coming up. Okay. And I got my North friends. Texas, Western. I'll start us off. Give me the mean green. Give me the mean green. Hard to pick against them. I know Western's had a fine year. But I'll take North Texas here, here over Western Kentucky. This game will be decided in the last minute. But give me the main green. I agree with you, Justin. Last minute, this one's going to be a shootout. But give me the mean green versus the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. All right, MTSU UAB. This is what we've all got. You know, we, I would I would have thought by now someone would have something differently. 
but I guess none of you want me to come back and win this. So maybe I should just re-scratch my bracket together and send Marshall to the championship. Oh, dear. Uh, UAB, M- MTSU, I'm going UAB. I, I just think they're better. In fact, this could be a 10-plus point win for UAB. I think they're just flat-out better. If you put UAB in the East and put them up against Middle Tennessee State's schedule, UAB is probably right there with North Texas, maybe with two losses in that East Division if they play Mill mill schedule this year. Balanced effort from UAB all season. I'll take the Blazers. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game on the plane. I'll be flying back to DC. I'm excited. If I get a chance, I'm excited. Hopefully this is the match I'm going to get. I agree with you. I'm going to go UAB. I think Middle Tennessee, the, the fairy tale ride is going to end. I think Middle Tennessee, they'll get an NIT bid or a CIT, but give me UAB. You know, Let's do something different. UAB, in some big games this year, dropped the ball. I mean, look, they lost to Marshall. I mean, that's knocking slightly on Marshall, obviously, but give me Middle Tennessee in this one. I think the shoe fits. I think they beat the Blazers. I think they go to the Conference USA championship game. Give me Middle Tennessee over UAB. All right, so Ben's got middle and North Texas. Justin and I have middle or have North Texas UAB. Justin, who you like here? Well, I'm going to start off this. There's a trend. I'm going to pull up my trend book here. The past three conference tournaments, three different champions. I think we're going to end the trend this year. Give me North Texas to win the conference tournament. This game, though, will be very close. It will be a 30-second move. It will be in the last minute. Give me North Texas, though, to win. Give me UAB. Give me UAB. I like the Blazers. Wow. These two teams met back in January. UAB won at North Texas, scored 70. They played in February at UAB. Or, I'm sorry, UAB won at North Texas. UAB then hosted North Texas. It was a meaningful game for the one seed. UAB lost by one. You know, they're very close. There's not much that separates these two teams. But the one difference, I think, they have a player that's built for March. That's Jordan Walker. That guy can flat out score and shoot. North Texas doesn't have that. I know Javion Hamlet's not there. Tyler Perry has filled that role well. A good regular season role, but I don't know if he's ready for March yet. You know, maybe next season for him, but I think it's Jordan Walker. He is that type of player. Give me UAB. You know, it's only a matter of time until Middle Tennessee hits a brick wall, and that brick wall is the mean green defense, and that'll happen in the championship game. Give me the mean green. Middle, uh, or excuse me, University of North Texas wins it all. They beat Middle Tennessee. So Andrew's keeping Andrew's breaking the tr- Andrew's keeping the trend. I'm keeping the trend. Fourth different champion, four years. Justin likes North Texas. Ben likes North Texas as well. Should be an exciting week. We'll recap it next week here on Inside Conference USA. That does it for this week's edition. Thanks for tuning in on this Monday. Go enjoy March. We're gonna watch every game and win this bracket. Give me the Blazers to win it all. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tune in again next Wednesday at 5.30 for another episode. You've been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.